Hey everyone, welcome to Candid Conversations. This is Candia Johnson. How are y'all doing today? I hope everybody is in beast mode. This is the last quarter of 2017. So y'all need to be like an extreme focus, trying to get those goals uh, completed before the new year, or at least, you know, kind of laying the foundation for 2018. So I hope everyone is in that frame of mind. If not, I think I'm going to do it. My next podcast is going to be on uh, just how to get more focused um, and really break down what beast mode really means. I think, yeah, I'm talking myself into my next podcast. So thank y'all for that. Cause it probably wouldn't have came to my mind if I uh, wasn't, you know, recording this podcast right now. But today, what I really want to talk about is what happens when you're financially strapped, right? What happens when you're stuck in between being bad, bougie, brilliant, but you're broke. Okay. Like seriously, what really, really happens? So first off, I want to say this. If it's one thing I've learned over the last four to five years from my own journey, from interviewing other entrepreneurs about their own journey, from speaking to friends who've made significant changes in their life, um, whether you're trying to build a business off the ground or whether you're trying to maybe move from one state, relocate from one state, leave, you know, a familiar job to like start over again in a new state with another job. There you run the risk. There's always the risk of turbulent times. There's always the risk of ups and downs in your finances and in your relationships. So the other day I received an email from someone who um, was telling me that she started a business. Um, she had invested uh, a couple of thousand dollars, maybe three, four thousand dollars. She had to get some sort of licensure to start the business in that specific state. So for whatever reason, the license fell through or it was delayed. And so she couldn't start when she wanted to start and she was broke and she wanted to know, um, some ideas or suggestions for making money online because she didn't want to go back to her nine to five. Now for me, um, and people always, you know, I like get a lot of questions like this when people, read about my background of leaving my nine to five. I'm very transparent about that, um, of how I left. I didn't really have a plan. I had a semi plan. I had some really, really low points. I mean, I've been into the welfare office, all of that. I've talked about that on prior, um, podcasts. So here's the thing, that question and my responses is layered with so many things to consider. Right. And for me, I always begin with your mindset, um, and how you see things. So the funny thing is this week I was interviewed by the good old people over at Black to Business. And one of the questions the young lady asked me was, what was my first job out of college? And my first job, I graduated with a degree in public relations. My first degree is in public relations. My second one, um, I have a master's. And so, um, I was, my first job out of college was working as a sales associate at the jewelry counter for Lord and Taylor department stores, Lord and Taylor department stores. Um, it's headquartered in New York city. Uh, but it's kind of like the luxury old, it's been like around for a while and it's, uh, kind of like luxury department stores. Right. And so that was my first job. And I remember, uh, when I got out of school, my mom and I were shopping, uh, one day and I said, ma, I'll be back. She thought I was going to the bathroom or something. And I walked into the HR office to fill out an application. And uh, the young lady said to me, can you interview right now? So I'm like, sure. Okay. So I interviewed and I got a job right on the spot. And I remember walking back out. I was so happy with my little paperwork. 
I was like, Ma, I got a job. She's like, what? Because she's still on the sales rack, okay? Not paying me any attention. Her child could have been kidnapped. She don't care. It's the sales at Lord & Taylor. She was focused on that. And she's like, what? You don't have to get a job. But my mindset, even back then, and Lord knows I had much to learn, my mindset then was that I just couldn't sit around and do nothing. I could not sit around with my mom giving me money, right? I just, I don't know. I just couldn't do it. And so um, I did that for about seven months at the jewelry counter selling costume jewelry, nothing major. Um, But after that point in time, I landed my first real job as a public relations and marketing coordinator. So I say all of this to say that in hindsight, looking back, that mindset is key has been key to how I have dealt with things over the years. Do what you have to do until you can do what you want to do, right? Um, Refuse to sit and wait. Refuse to sit and wait for a phone call or an email. Your current situation does not define how successful you will be down the line. Yes, you can be brilliant and broke. That's a possibility, right? You can definitely be bad, bougie, and broke, okay? It's nothing wrong with taking something in the meantime and continuing to build your business at the same time. Now, look, I don't know what your situation is. If you live with someone or if you live alone or if you have a car note or rent, but it sounds like you have bills to pay. So you may have to do something um, that's really not that stressful, right? So maybe it's bartending, maybe it's waitressing, or something like that. I remember I interviewed an actor who was waitressing at um, B. Smith, B. Smith's restaurant in Washington, D.C. and met Maya Angelou. And that, uh, Maya Angelou gave him some advice that was life-changing for him. And that happened, what, 15 years ago. It was life-changing for him. Another thing, I remember uh, being on a business trip in Las Vegas and I was taking an Uber everywhere and it became really, really exciting. Like I wish I would have had a video camera because I would start talking, talking to the guys and I had one female driver and I would talk to them about, you know, what's good in Vegas, beyond the strip, this, that, and the third. And every single one of them were building a business or an organization, or they were just working on a vision Um, and Uber was just for in the meantime. And one guy that stuck out uh, for me was a man. He was from Russia. He had only been in the United States, I want to say three years maybe. He had taught himself English by watching the soap operas, and he only drove Uber at night so he could build his business and watch the soap opera so he could improve his, his language. And I was blown away. I felt like a loser at that point. Like, what am I complaining? This guy taught him English, taught himself English in two years. Like how dare I, um, complain about things. But anywho, that was a powerful reminder to me that, you know, where you are right now is not who you are. It doesn't really determine, um, if you are going to be successful or not. Even looking back when I took that job at Lloyd & Taylor, I remember my very first day, I cried going into work. Like, I can't believe I have a degree and I have to go work at Lloyd & Taylor. I mean, now I can laugh at it, but I just refuse to sit and do nothing. And for me, I believe that the universe rewards action. I've always believed that. And I always look back at that time that I took that job and I wasn't forced to do it because my mom definitely was like, you need to chill out. But for me, I'm like, no, I need my own money. Right. So 
you know, the biggest takeaway here is when you decide to do something major and your heart is in it, you have to get your mind right. There may be some ups and downs. It doesn't determine um, who you are. You really have to really figure out how bad do you want it? What's the sacrifice that you're willing to make? Are you willing to, you know, possibly give up an apartment and maybe live, move with someone? You know, if you've followed Cancer Conversations, y'all know I've been there. I've done that before, right? I lived with my mom a year before I landed my first major client, two major clients, and then I moved, then I was able to move into my own apartment, right? So what's your sacrifice, right? So the number one thing, you know, is you may have to take on the side job to get the bills paid. (laughs) That's just it. So the second part of my solution is something that I firmly believe in. And I didn't uh, come to this revelation until about a couple of years ago is that I believe Each and every one of us has something to teach someone and we have something that we can create uh, for a specific audience that's of value for them, right? Now, of course, I'm not saying that everybody is meant to teach somebody child because I don't want to see no emails. Everybody's not meant to be a teacher. It's a hard job. I'm not saying that. Everyone has something to teach a specific group of people something, right? Everyone has the ability to create something. It doesn't, you know, sometimes when you hear the word create, you think you have to be an artist or you have to be, you know, someone who could sing really well in the seventh third. No, that's not it. We have to expand our mind when we say the word create, right? So you really have to tap into that teaching mindset and that creating mindset so that you could provide value to others while you're waiting for your moment. For instance, if you are a a construction worker, and you're out of work for a season, we have all of these amazing apps and tools at our fingertips, whether it's YouTube or Instagram stories, show people your process, right? Maybe show people how you can build a shed (laughs) in their backyard, right? Um, Show them the tools of the trade, show them how to actually build something. I know for me, I used, I have used YouTube for everything. It's kind of funny now looking at it. Like I've used YouTube to teach me uh, how to do a spreadsheet, right? In Excel, because I hate Excel, but I've learned Excel on YouTube. I've also learned how to light, uh, I have a gas stove in my apartment. It's really, really old. And I was gone for a period of time and a pilot light went out underneath the stove and I couldn't find a pilot light. So I went on YouTube and there was a gazillion videos of these guys up under the stove showing you how to find a pilot light. And that's exactly what I did. And it worked. Right. So you could find anything on YouTube. But the beauty of that situation is, is that when people are watching you, a lot of the times human beings were lazy, especially for the complicated things. Right now, for instance, for that Excel spreadsheet, I did that that one time. The next time I was like, I'll pay somebody to do it. I just didn't feel like sitting there to do that. And so when you stumble across people who are doing uh, tutorials and how to videos on YouTube, that's another way to attract an audience who will pay you to teach them or to just do it themselves, right? Even if you're a beautician or you love makeup, teach people how to do makeup or teach people how to do uh, braids or, you know, twist or whatever your sweet spot is, whatever you have to teach someone. If you are in customer service, maybe you can reach out to businesses and teach their employees uh, customer service skills, especially if you've won, you know, awards, you're topping your reason, this, that, and the third, that's your selling point. You could turn that into a teachable moment 
for individuals. You can turn that into webinars, like how to, you know, do customer service and sales and all of those things. You could turn that into your own platform. So I really feel like sometimes there's so much power in being broke because that's when you get creative. That's a book, by the way, The Power of Broke, which is excellent. It's by um, Damon John. I would highly recommend that you get that book. It's all, it includes a bunch of stories about people who were at their wits end um, in their business. And either, you know, they had a moment where they had to pivot, but they were financially strapped. And it talks about the ideas and the process of how they came out of that situation. So I would highly recommend that. So you really have to find the power in your mindset um, to really figure out okay, how can I flip this situation? Because that's when you really find out what you're made of. My power of broke moment happened. I've had a many, of, many of them, y'all. But my power of broke moment happened about two years ago. And I was financially strapped uh, with my one-on-one clients. I was primarily doing one-on-one uh, consulting sessions. And then I was also writing, right? So that was the two biggest uh, pieces of my business. And so I was financially strapped. And I remember like, what in the heck am I going to do? And so I, oh, I got on the phone and cried to my girlfriend. You know, that was my (laughs) number one thing. Pick up the phone, call one of your girls like, oh my God, I can't pay my rent. Right. And so I was in a deep, dark place. And she said, Kante, you got to cold call people. And that's what I did. And so I knew that I had experience Like I was good at teaching people how to clearly communicate and package their ideas and sell their ideas to their employees or their target market. I had did that for years um, in consulting. I had, you know, helped people craft messages and marketing campaigns and all of those things for years. Right. I was good at teaching executives how to uh, speak publicly and how to command the room and all those things. So all I did was flip that. I, I figured out the problems that I could solve. And I started picking up the phone and calling people would get a name, email them. Um, one person actually responded and asked me to come in a year later. I'm talking to you. I would say I've done probably over 50 workshops with various businesses. Um, I'm also doing online masterclasses now. My, my participants are in the U.S. as well as Africa. And that was from that one power of broke moment. Now, <laughs> that is a significant chunk of my business, like the, the biggest chunk, really, of my business. Everything else really comes after that. Right. So find your power of broke moment. Right. And create a picture like a long list, not a picture, but a long list of the problems that you could solve for people. Create a long list of the things that's probably sitting in your house that you could probably sell. That's another thing. Right. So, again, figure out what you can teach someone and figure out what you create, what you can create. And I have to say this. Hello. I did not have. anything ready when I reached out to these businesses. I had an outline of things that I could teach them. I had some success stories of how I did this, you know, while I was working in corporate America. Um, I had uh, social proof, I guess you could say, because I did have recommendations on LinkedIn, that sort of thing. And so that was the packet that I kind of put together when I went in to speak with the director. And also when I reached out, that was just my pitch. Right. So I did have those things in place, but I didn't have any of the materials. So the first couple of workshops that I actually did, I was creating on the fly. 
So it definitely was not something that I had packaged and ready. I had a, I had to kind of create that. And there was a lot of le- lessons learned with that too, but hey, I'm here, right? So figure out the problems. The bottom line is get your hustle on. Figure out the problems you can help solve for people. And here's the thing that I want you to realize that people, I say this all of the time, people don't pay for your skills. They pay for you to solve their problems, right? So most people want to hear about or learn from your direct experience. So don't get so hung up like, oh, I don't have a certificate in this and I don't have the credentials. A lot of people just want to know that you have the experience to back it up, right? So from now on, start thinking of your expertise as problems you can solve for a specific audience, right? Ask yourself some questions like, what are five things you wish you would have known about when you started XYZ, right? What's the number one mistake that people make when whatever your area of uh, expertise is in, right? What are the five steps to building a shed if you're the construction guy? Can you build a shed in a day? That's a YouTube video, how to build a shed in a day. Can you build a shed for less than 500 bucks? That's another YouTube video, Right. Looking back three to five years ago, what are some of the resources or tools you wish you'd have known about? Right. And you're probably a master at these tools now. Can you teach someone how to use them? Because that's another way you can, you know, teach someone something or make something that, you know, is a value for a specific audience. Right. What are some of the things that people overlook or get wrong uh, in your specific line of work? That's something else that you can teach or you can create something of value for other people and you could package it and you could sell it. Right? So lastly, I want to say this. Once you go through that period, what's really important is, of course, you want to celebrate yourself once you get out of it because you will. You will. You'll get out of it, right? There's light. There's always light at the end of the tunnel. So now that you're seeing a little bit of light, right? After you get through that period of darkness, you know, you were in the valley and now you're slowly but surely you're climbing yourself out. What you really want to do is sit and evaluate and really figure out a plan so that you won't get back into that place again. For instance, uh, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I want to make six figures this year, right? But then they don't have any idea on what they need to do daily to meet that six figures, Right. If you don't have a plan on how that's going to happen day by day, minute by minute, there is a big chance that that may not happen for you. Right. So if we look at uh, what it takes to really make one hundred thousand dollars a year, we know that it's about I think it's about two hundred and seventy eight dollars per day. Right. So what can you sell? What are you going to sell that's going to help you meet that number day by day by day? Right now, there's a multitude of things that you can do. You could look at it um, by just diversifying your income streams. Right. So let's say if you are, uh, you know, you sell a beauty product or you have like a line of beauty products. So maybe you're pushing those beauty products. Maybe you're doing a few brand um, branded pieces of content on your website. Right. Maybe you're writing for major sponsors, maybe you're doing events, maybe you're doing home shows, like figure out a way to diversify your income stream. That becomes really, really important because we know that sometimes most businesses too have like a season, right? Um, Where, you know, they may experience a down, a downward period. So what do you do during that time? The best thing for you to do is have other sources of income. So when I'm working with my corporate clients, Uh, My workshops really are heavy in uh, the fall, the winter, the spring, summertime, they dry up because people take vacations, right? And so I do a lot of, now I'm doing a lot of group, um, 
training and that sort of thing online. So I had to figure out a way on how I could, you know, add another income stream on top of the writing work that I do as well. Right. So you have to really get smart and be very forward thinking and really sit down and figure out a plan on how you're going to meet your number, whatever number you come up with. Right. It should determine how you price your your products and services. It should be determined by how you market every day. Have that number in mind. Stick it up on a wall. I don't know. But have that number in mind so that you understand in order for you to meet that number at the end of the year, you have you're hustling every day. And you have a plan in place every day that's going to help you get uh, uh, reach your goals, right? So that's really important. Um, the peaks and valleys are normal. Again, you could be brilliant and broke. It does not define who you are. Don't get so caught up in thinking, oh, I have to go back to that nine to five life. You're not going back. You're working on the same goals. You're just working around it. You need a roof over your head, right? So, you know, guys, do what you got to do until you could do, until you can do what you want to do is the gist of this podcast. And I'm definitely going to work on that goals podcast because I think, you know, this is a new month. This is the last quarter. I want to see everybody, you know, position themselves to win, especially I feel like when the new year hits that your plan should already be in place. You should hit the ground running by the time um, January 1st comes. So I'm definitely going to work on our podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Drop me a comment. Let me know what y'all think. And I will see you next time. Bye.